Can you imagine still, me now? Eh? Can you imagine me now? One kind of uncle in the village mm-hmm. is forcing me to go and get married. Me now, me, Uche, as I am right now. Exactly. Unga village to go and find one kind yellow wife. Exactly. Because it's always yellow. It's always yellow. <laughs> it cannot be anything less than yellow. Yeah, exactly. We all know. And now I've got to marry trouble. Yeah. And bring trouble here. Here. And then we have a bunch of trouble children. Children, yeah. And I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. You know, high blood pressure, <laughs> diabetes. Of course. Malil, you know, mm. every day. Every blu, day, blu, yes, blu, yes, blu, yes. You know, police this, mm-hmm. immigration that. You know, you know, One. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Uche. Thank you so much for joining. If you are returning, thank you, thank you. If you are joining for the first time, please make sure to subscribe, share with your friends and family. Bottom right-hand corner, hit that subscribe button. Do not forget to hit the bell notification. So anytime I upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Thank you, thank you. Today, I'm going to be talking about Africans and Nigerians living in the diaspora. Some of the things that we've had to endure some of the things that we have to navigate through as i've talked about in the past and especially if you're african living in diaspora you do understand that it could be quite challenging you know living in the diaspora especially the ones who were born on the continent or at least lived in the continent before coming to the americas or in the west it could be quite challenging you know living in a foreign country learning new languages learning new laws um, eating new foods, embracing new cultures, and on top of that, being queer, uh, I feel like a lot of us were a lot more disadvantaged. So the point of this particular episode is to talk about some of the things that collectively LGBTQ queer people who live in the diaspora from Africa, Nigeria, or other parts of Africa that we face on a daily basis, you know, from mental health issues, depression, anxiety, being ostracized from our families, churches, not being able to express who you are at work, whatever it is, you know, I want to be able to talk about this as openly as possible because I know I'm not the only one. So we can air it out and let people know that you're not the only one who's going through this. The point is to hopefully start having honest conversations so we can actually take initiative to do something different. Oftentimes we come from households that try to tell us what we need to do, who we need to be, and then we also live in a society that keeps telling us what we need to do, even though these things don't necessarily conform to who we are. So for this particular episode, I have my boy Chidi to help me talk about some of these points that I brought up. Being African, being Nigerian, living in America as a queer person. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Chidi? Give us an introduction. Hello, hello. My name is uh, Chidi. I am a librarian. I'm 27 years old. Uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas. Uh, well, the Houston area, anyways. Also, I am a gay man, so yeah. I guess that qualifies me for some of this uh, yes. conversation. Yes, so, yes, yes. All right. Thank you so much, Chidi, for coming out here. I know it's a very busy day for you. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, apologies that we had to reschedule. Been very busy. I have so much going on. That's fine. And I'm glad that we're finally here talking about this. And I think you're one of the most um, qualified people that I want to talk about these is with because of how honest and transparent you are mm-hmm. you know you and i when we talk is heart to heart there's no packaging nobody's packaging <laughs> anything no, no, the no, amazon.com no. you know no, so no. we're not you know we're being very honest and direct and mm-hmm. i like some of the conversation we've had off camera as well you know some of the things that not just as um queer people but also black people we face in the west as immigrants we face in the west mm-hmm. you, know, you were born here but i wasn't you know but I know there's a lot of Nigerian. There's a lot of Nigerians and also other Africans who live in the West who go through that immigrant package, especially coming yeah. from Africa. You know, 
and also having to navigate through our family dynamics. A lot of us come from broken families. And then, of course, being a queer person, a lot of us, unfortunately, don't understand what it feels like to love or be loved. We don't know how to give love. We've never been given an opportunity to express ourselves in the most authentic ways in our households. And, you know, and now we're grown. Some of us are desperately looking for clicks for our own tribes, you know, our own family, our own sense of community. And I feel like there's not a lot of that, at least solid, diverse sense of community for a lot of LGBTQ people of color, but specifically from the diaspora. And I'm definitely speaking from my experience living in America and also having traveled the world. I've met a lot of queer Africans, a lot Mm -hmm. of queer Nigerians who are in denial, who are living in a closet, DL. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of them are married, Mm -hmm. have wives and kids. You know what I mean? We all know those people, you know, like they, some of them lie about it, you know, or at least try to try, you know, yeah, but we all know. You we know, know what I mean. Yeah. And this is very, this is very rampant. This is very prevalent. Mm-hmm. Like it's everywhere. So I want us to have this honest conversation as to people like you and I, who are independent, who are successful, who are openly queer, doing our thing. You know, and also anyone who's watching to kind of incentivize like you don't have to do that. What are some of the things that we can do to create our own community where we can be with people who genuinely love us and appreciate us for who we are? and vice versa. So -hmm. tell me, how has your um, experience been being a a queer Nigerian person living in America? Um, So my experience has been, um, there's many ups and downs, as every story has. Um, There's some highlights, uh, highlights really coming from college days, um, uh, parts of high school when, you know, the the budding flower was starting to show petals. Um, you know, but mostly college and after college where I became more comfortable. But then there were also some, you know, some bad days, which came during grade school, uh, particularly. Uh, and also another time to still to me, even as an adult, I still feel there, there are some feelings of the, the sense of, I, well, I always say you know, the ancestors moving, the, the dead flesh moving the living, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can still feel that even if even if it's not prevalent, it's still mm-hmm. there, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, there, there are things I have to, um, things I still deal with and that I've dealt with in my 27 years. But, um, but yeah, lots of ups and downs. And it's been a... It's been a long, long ride, and it's not going to end. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think, unfortunately, so that the perspective, the you know, the collective perspective, anyways, will not change in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I feel like um, not not to go on a, on a too far tangent, but I just don't think that Nigerians are ready for the overall collective in our lifetime to have that switch to view everyone as a um as a human being to be Mm. quite honest which is kind of sad to say yeah because we we as nigerians we have a lot that we're dealing with you know we're we're still dealing with the issues that have trickled down you know generations past you know to us as well and a lot of us who are dealing with familial problems you know childhood traumas and all kinds of things, you know. But at the end of the day, just like I mentioned on one of the episodes that I made, or at least a trailer that I made, queer people are here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're people as well. 
And I know that we're used to not being seen or heard. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seen as taboo or people who shouldn't exist or whatever it is, you know. Um, and someone like me, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm taboo. I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I, matter of fact, I think so highly of myself, actually, ever since I was a kid. You know, but like living in a country or living in a world or society that berates me and tells me that I need to be ashamed of myself. I'm like, yeah, no, that's that's not who I am. Maybe you should be ashamed of yourself for thinking that another human being should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. But for me, that's not how I, I, I see myself, you know, which is why I've taken it upon myself to start having this conversation yeah. to air this out because someone has to do it. Yeah, and I think one thing about uh, just kind of reminding me is the um, th- like that feeling of of shame, mm. and I feel like yes, I, I've felt the feeling of shame before, mm. but I feel like my feeling of shame was this: it was, it was like a <coughs> like a needle, like a prick of a needle, because of I was raised in, I was raised in America because I saw mm. the. The perspective of Americans uh, changed for their their you know, perspective of LGBT hmm, LGB the T is a, is a little straggling yeah um, <laughs> the, you know the, the queer uh, issues has they've, they've become you know people have become better and in 27 years I've lived I've seen it become better um, I mean in real time like especially like in high school like people just really from middle grade always a high school people's perspective just completely changed mm. where now like if not at all schools not at all not at all classes but at least for my class if <laughs> you don't mess with the gay kids because you're gonna get you're gonna get you're gonna get your ass beat okay especially <laughs> the, the black gay kids you, you, you don't mess <laughs> with them they you <laughs> they were clown the shade <laughs> and everyone's gonna be on their side and it's like you know it has completely changed um mm-hmm. so i'm happy for that okay However, mm. my needle prick of of um, the shame is not the same for people who have yes. who are born in Nigeria, who are born in other countries that are <clears throat> harsh on their view of their brothers and sisters. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a weird for me, anyways. Personally, it's been a weird yeah. journey, but seeing it all, you know, seeing the juxtaposing it with like the my you know my my cousins and uh, people me everyone's a cousin in Nigeria juxtaposing with everyone I know in Nigeria you know just in how it is in my life I kind of feel that I ha- I've had it easy with my mm. um with my uh privileges but I am so glad that you brought that up because this is this kind of ties into what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. my focus is on the diaspora you know, there's nothing wrong with the the ones in in the in Africa, you know, on the continent, things like that. And kudos to every single one, man or woman, who is doing the damn thing in Africa, irrespective of who you are, in spite of your privilege or lack of, you know, being bold with who you are, not lying, not deceiving anyone. Kudos to you. And the ones who who are not, who are still in the closet, I do understand. But I focus on the diaspora because I understand realistically we have privilege. Like mm-hmm. it or not, we just we just do. We do yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think I would even have the courage to even do what I'm doing right now if I was still in Abba. Of you course, know, yeah. I you mean, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and this is why I'm trying to I'm trying to incentivize people like us, you know, people who are educated, people who are independent, people who are successful. 
who yeah. have dual nationalities. You know what I mean? You are a boss. Who's going to check you? Like, you live in America, and America is a very individualistic state. It's a very, it's, you know, like, do your job, go to school, do your thing, pay your bills, pay your taxes. You're no, good. No one's checking up on no you. One, no one, you know, you unless you, unless, unless they want to, no one's checking up on you. Exactly. And I think there's power and privilege you know. to harness from that. There's power to be harnessed from that privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you are the blueprint. You set your own tone. And this is something that, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of diasporans have not overcome as, as, a, as a result of, you know, our extremely hypocritical and religious, you know, uh, background, a lot of the things that we, the culture, the mediocre culture that we, our parents raised us with from Nigeria. You know, a lot of us were still tied down to that, that uh, outdated mentality. And as a result, we feel a sense of shame and that forces us to suppress our privilege as mm-hmm. Americans who can express as they wish, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. Um, I mean, complete sense. Uh, it, it, like it shocks me that some some of the people I call my friends will will create their personal hell on earth mm. just just because the blueprint has been given to them by somebody else. Mm. But that blueprint is their personal hell when they live in in a, in a country so fertile with yes. um, opportunities, opportunities to and be. like you know, to be. With, with with thousands of miles separating yes. uh, them from the people who who move their every decision, bro, it is shocking that they don't see the flaw in their in their in their decisions. You know, you have the freedom. If you look around you, there's no one. No one's checking up on you. Ain't nobody now. checking you for nothing. For nothing. Yes. Can and you imagine still, me now? Eh? Yeah. Can you imagine me now? One kind of uncle in the village mm-hmm. is forcing me to go and get married. Me now, me, Uche, as I am right now. Exactly. Unga village to go and find one kind of yellow wife. Exactly. Because it's always yellow. It's always yellow. Uh, it's, it cannot be anything less than yellow. Yeah, exactly. We all know. If you're in America, they, 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 all they want is yellow. And now I'm going to marry trouble. Yeah. And bring trouble here. Here. And then we have a bunch of trouble children. Children, yeah. And I'm just confused. Mm-hmm. You know, high blood pressure, <laughs> diabetes, abaramalin. You know, mm. every day, every day yes, yes, yes. you know, police this, mm-hmm. immigration that, you know, you're not What is, what is, yeah. I just, you know, like, mm-hmm. it is, it makes me cringe mm-hmm. with so much sadness when I see people like us who fall for this malarkey. Mm-hmm. Now, I can understand the ones in Nigeria and the continent. I can. To a certain extent, I don't yeah, condone I it. I, I have my opinions as to how you can fight it on, on, on the motherland, you know, but I feel like I'm not the right spokesperson for that because I, 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 don't, I don't understand that reality. So I'm yeah. just focused on the reality that I do understand, you know, so I don't offend people. But for the ones who are here, there's so much that we can do. I'm starting with ourselves as, as individuals. And this is why you know, I'm taking it upon myself because no one is doing it. I don't think I know any Igbo speaking Nigerian who's speaking out who's openly gay or openly lesbian or and pushing pushing the torch, you know, like torchbearer. Like, yo, we gotta do something different. Because the reason why I'm doing it, because growing up, I never saw anyone like me. I never saw anyone I, I wanted to emulate. I didn't have the best relationship with my own parents. I didn't have any type of role model and I wish that I had somebody I can emulate. I wish I had someone who could show me the way. Yeah. I wish that I had somebody who I can like, yo, I wanna be like you when I grow up. I want you know, like the blueprint of what to follow. 
a lot of what I saw was just malarkey. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just talking about the LGBTQ community. I'm just talking about in within general. the yeah. black Nigerian sphere. I saw a lot of things I didn't want to be, you know, like I saw a lot of broken marriages. I just, I don't want to get married to someone that I hate and they hate me. I saw a lot of arranged marriages. I saw a lot of people who don't like their kids and their kids don't like them. So a lot of people who go to college to study things that they don't even want to study. I saw a lot of people who go to school, come home and not have any type of job. I saw a lot of misery and I just didn't want that. And as a result, I walked into the world to find myself and I'm still finding myself, you know, and in that in that process, I've learned so much about within the LGBT Nigerian space. There isn't even a sense of tangible community, per se, which has even, you know, kind of hurt someone like me even more. Hence why I'm talking about this, because I believe there is a lot more people like us out there and I want to incentivize us. I feel like the more we speak, the more we show our faces, the more we're able to build tangible community where you crave each other outside of sex, outside of, yeah. you know, the pretentious, uh, look, at, look at me, you know, that like, yeah. you know, the fake flashy lifestyle like you want to have a sense of community especially for those of us who come from uh, their toxic family backgrounds right yes um i think that's something that is uh extremely needed mm-hmm. um i mean in nigerian communities of all shapes forms you know especially the um the, the queer ones um because there are less and less and less uh things to relate to, especially with the, the, the sample, not sample size, but the population size of that community. Um, but yeah, especially when it comes to the queer group, um, I mean, my personal experience with it has always been like, you know, it's, I, I go to these groups and I, and I want for there to be more than just the simple, mm. I want for people to see me for more than just you know, oh look at him. You know, you know, he he looks hot. You know, mm. or whatever. Mm. It's and you know, and I'll sit there and I wait for someone to and I watch them. I listen to what they say and he kiki with them. But then you know, I'd wait for someone to someone in my community to see me for more than just that. Mm. And it's quite off putting. You know, not putting, but it, well, yes, it is off putting. Mm. It's off putting. Um, and at the very least, uh, I at least know that it's possible because it not, it's not like a, it's not, I'm not like an anomaly. I, I do know that there are people who, um, who want this too, but then I feel like at the forefront needs to be this uh, connection uh, that we, we want with each other. So we can have these groups that are better, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just just better in general. But yeah, like being intentional in the relationships that we form within these groups. I, I feel like one of the things that's lacking is a, a lot of us. We don't even know how to be queer. We don't have, know how to be gay. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to be lesbian. We just don't because this is something that is just not spoken yeah. about in our households and our culture. Mm-hmm. You know, so unfortunately, when y- you don't teach someone something or at least try to guide them to grow within or mature within something that is so natural to them. That natural aspect of them is going to try to find it somewhere else. And they look at the media, they look at the, yeah. you know, the internet and literally anything 
out there to find themselves and as a result you know unfortunately when you try to when you look at when you look at the media to try to find yourself the only thing you're going to keep seeing is just um people try to capitalize off your ignorance and we perpetrate that ignorance you know as a result you have a lot of people who think being gay is having multiple sex partners yeah you know being very effeminate or just extra just mm-hmm. doing the most. Yeah, and and unfortunately, just like you said, you are an observer. I am a watcher as well. I'm, a, I'm an observer as well. You see a lot of these friend groups or these sense of communities. It's so empty. The conversations are very frivolous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like a waste of time to a certain extent. And I'm not just, it's not just within the LGBTQ community either. Oh, no, no, you no, see no, this no. in the straights as well. I've hung out with straight guys. I've seen men and women. You know, I've, I've been in so many different groups. You know, it's always the same. Look at what I have. Look at what I don't yeah. have. You know? I mean, you, you, you can sense that stuff a mile away, you know. It's, it, like, it's like a disturbance. <laughs> it's, it's, all, it's almost like everyone is trying to one-up each other. Look yeah. at what I have that you don't have. But to me, the observer, I just see emptiness. Mm-hmm. You know, because the emptiness is just so loud. You know, even when you think you're you're the baddest B word or the realest N word, you know, it's like I just see the desperation reeking of you. Yeah, emptiness is something, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with the way we were raised within our households. A lot of us, we don't have love, genuine love in our households. I mean, it's hard to find that when you know half of our parents are arranged they are their marriages are arranged you know there's no real courtship there's no real marriage there's no real love in the marriage we are the products of that union you know what i mean and of course being queer being gay being lgbtq makes it even worse because now growing up in a household that is very hypocritical and very very religious and very hypocritical there's this desperate need to, for you to dumb yourself down and shrink yourself you know so a part of your psyche does not develop part of your confidence does not develop until you are an adult you go into the world trying to find yourself and fortunately you know it's trial and error what do you think about that um so yeah i feel like a lot of the um a lot of the issues and you know people get married for many reasons and i'm not one to i'm not one to um to knock, you know, knock these these reasons away, but then like if if like if if a child is produced by a or raised in a not so ideal environment, they're not going to become the ideal person. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's <clears throat> common sense, and but I feel like a lot of the times. Um, because a lot of people are not able to see and heal from these um, upbringings, um, they, they 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 can recognize that there's an issue, but they can't recognize that the issue has now manifested in them. So I have a question for you. Um, okay. What would be your ideal um, your ideal community? Of course, you know nothing is ideal. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we we have these thoughts in my head that this has to be this way that there won't be any drama if only a b c d e f g were aligned and sung in a minor you know stuff like that we have these ideals that if these things these conditions are met then peace and tranquility would be abundant but that's not always the case so i guess not the ideal community that uh, that we need to have but more the at least the bare minimum. 
I, I think what we're lacking right now in the African diaspora LGBTQ population is lack of diversity. I don't think we have diverse communities, like, you know, subsect communities within that community. Say me, for example, I am somebody, I, I don't like clubs. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I just taste clubs. Don't get me wrong, I've been through clubs before, you know, like I've went course, through a phase where I used to go clubbing every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, I was young, living wide and free. Of course. It was a phase, let it out of my system. Um, but I, I left all that behind. I'm too busy for that. It, it, the, the loud noise, to me, that's, uh, I cannot, you know, the ringing in my ear, just no, Hate it. no thank you. you know Two out of ten, yeah. And trying to talk over and try to talk to people and yelling and losing my voice and spending three, four times more for drinks when I have the same drinks in my home, yeah. I just think is absurd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, that's just from my perspective. That may work for somebody else. By all means, have mm-hmm. a try. But those people have fun. Nothing not wrong with y'all. God bless you. But me personally, my type of group, ideally on a Saturday evening, I just want to be in my backyard drinking tea, drinking a bottle of wine, and just talking about philosophy stuff. As you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm studying philosophy right now. Yeah. I like to talk about God. I like to talk about sexuality. I like to talk about the universe. Where did we come from? Where are we going when we're dead? Do you believe in soul? What is a soul? Body, mind, and spirit complex. You know, things like that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about the break down the nuances of sexuality, you know, because I believe that there are so many nuances of sexuality and I actually believe it's infinite. And the reason why I believe it's infinite is because of its correlationship with spirituality. But that's a whole nother, you know, tangent. My point is I like to be around people who talk about existential things, things that stand out to me as, as Uche. I want to be around people who I crave. I want to crave you. You know, like I want to be around you because every time I'm, I'm around you, I I have peace in my soul. Okay, so why don't you think um, Nigerians, uh, to a extent black Americans, honestly, um, why don't you think they have the diverse, uh, the you know, diverse communities? I feel like you either have um, this community or that community and there's no other choice. Um, you mean in the Black American community? In in Nigerian communities <coughs> as well. I mean, and in both, you know, because I always, I always have to include the Black community as well because it's. And I feel like I'm not sure which is a subset of which, but they're so closely related that sometimes I, I think we're all the victims the of the same yeah. problem. I think mm-hmm. we're all victims of the exact same problem. Yeah. You know, white supremacy, ego. Uh, narcissism, capitalism, all of it. We're all human beings yeah. who are victims of the exact same thing, yeah. which is why I say let's talk about us, right? But it is up to us, though. And these these are systems that we perpetuate on our own. You know, we, we, we've been indoctrinated into this mediocrity. And ever since I was a kid, I've always seen it, seen it as mediocre. And we perpetuate it. It is up to us to change that narrative. We are the people who have to do something different about it. Hence why I'm doing this, you know, being as intentional, like, okay, we don't have to keep doing this. We don't all have to do this, either A or B. No, there should be subsects. There should be a a space for someone like you. Yeah. 
let's be honest. You know, I like you. I think you're you're a cool person. You're definitely one of my favorite people, right? But let's be honest. You you don't fit that mode of what the typical LGBTQ would want. You don't no, have six bags. No, no. You don't have this. You don't have that. No. Even within the Nigerian space, you know, not you don't that. drive <laughs> the BMWs and the Mercedes. No. You're not a doctor and things like that. Even me, you know, I mean, this is my home, which I, I'm truly blessed with. You know, I dress quite modestly. You know, I, I drove my little Ford Focus for such a long time. I have been in so many Nigerian spaces, people would just overlook me because to them, they think I'm poor. Mm-hmm. Like, who is this one? I bet she. Or when I'm speaking with a Nigerian accent or when I'm speaking Igbo, you know, I speak mm-hmm. Igbo very fluently. Yeah. They'll think I'm, yeah, this one just came to America last week, yeah. you know, and they'll just put me a, to a whole different That's category. Fine, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That is what is very prevalent within our community. What I'm doing, though, is to incentivize that we don't need to all do that. If you're doing that and that works for you, you want to have a big boy club, bigger club where you have to drive a Porsche, Mercedes, whatever, whatever. Have fun. But for the rest of us here, we can do more. We don't all have to be pick me, pick me, pick me. Because that's what I notice a lot of LGBTQ within Nigerian spaces do. Matter of fact, uh, not just Nigerian space, but like African space do. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember meeting someone. I'm not going to talk, talk about who this per- person is. Um, out of respect and he would just he's gay he's in the closet you know from Africa like born and raised and all of that came to America as an adult and he would just have random sex like just random sex with a bunch of men you know what I mean and I'm like whoa why and he, he, he almost seemed disgusted by it but also felt like it was law like he had to do it like he told me like what else is there to do I was like, what the F? You know what I mean? Like, to me, that was, that made me sad. Like, he's settling for something that is not him mm-hmm. because he has he feels like this is what he has to do in order for him to belong yeah. within that space. Yeah. That's why we're having this conversation. We need to be open about ourselves. We need to be able to harness the power and strength that we have in our citizenship or dual nationalities to create our own spaces. If you are a queer person who likes fishing or whatever it is be able to navigate through that space with people like you if you like philosophy be able to do things like that if you want to party your brain out you know be able to do that if you want to go to dubai and throw you know throw your ass in a circle be able to do that there should be space for everyone because that's what you want to do not just because you feel like you're settling because that's what you feel like oh i have to do it if not you know what else do i have and i feel like this is a this is something that a lot of lgbtq people face you know like I've I've observed so many friend groups that are so, in my opinion, they're low low vibrational. I feel like a lot of people within that group are tolerating each other because you don't know any better or you don't have better options, and you just stay there. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of the time they don't even know each other. Yes. Um, and how can you know each other when exactly. all you have on the outside is? the pretentious vein cover yeah. of what you feel like you have to show in order for you to be accepted within the space yeah. when in reality all of you are just yearning for attention and love it's just nothing but emptiness and it doesn't matter how good looking everyone is dressed mm-hmm. on the table but you reek of emptiness and i you know and that's something that is so i mean it's so like I don't want to say sad because then it'll be me. It is sad. It is sad. It is sad. I don't say I feel pity. It it is sad. It is sad because that's why I'm doing this. I'm being. I'm. I'm. I'm taking initiative 
to be to do different something different like no this is this is nonsense we need to stop we need to start talking about these issues as honestly as possible Mm -hmm. because we create those systems and we stay in those systems even when they don't serve us it is time to do something different but it's very difficult to be able to do that within a space where no one knows themselves a lot of people are broken and no one is taking the initiative to do something different very true and i think that's you know and i've had a long uh, colored experience with many uh queer groups I mean, one queer group I had, um, they questioned, I will never forget this, they questioned if I were truly a, you know, a, a gay man because I, I didn't, I didn't, true story, because I, I, didn't, I didn't do drugs with them. Oh, you know? wow. Because oh my I, I can't, that, that, that group was a mess. I mean, they questioned wow. everything about, about, you know, about my, they, you know, to validate, you know. Because they, they, they wanted so they, they had the, the concept of what that looks like. Mm. And I guess because I just I you know I, was, I, I you know I, I'm able to be around you know people because I mean they, they have we, we all share that one identity. Mm. However, you know because they don't really know anything but that and because they have a warped view of that nowadays, it's not even like we don't even that one thing doesn't even matter anymore mm. which is why i that that friend group is long gone I and mean, that that was a, a friend of a friend inviting me there and you know i just i just didn't feel it and after i left i after like three months i tell her why i was like yeah because they're not the best people and mm. lo and behold i mean they all have problems now but i mean that's a whole different i mean i, I feel bad for them but it's like, what did you expect if your hands on the kettle? You're gonna get burned. <laughs> so I mean, I've I've met yeah. people who, from the surface, I'm like, okay, I can I can try to get yeah. to know this person, but then it's like, there's this expectation uh, if we're if we're not sleeping together, um, we're dating or something like that. But I, I don't want either either one of those things from yeah. you. Like I, I'm not trying to sleep with you. I don't want to date you either. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad that you have to be doing either or. It, yeah. it's, it's Jesus Christ, man. I'm I'm trying not to swear. Mm-hmm. But it's always like it's almost like an ultimatum from the beginning. Are we okay? If we're not sleeping together, we're not dating. You must not like me. Yes. But I'm here because I'm trying to get to know you as a human being. Yeah. Why not give me the opportunity to get to know you? Yeah. Without even caring if I'm attracted to you or not. But there's a possibility I'm not physically attracted to you. But would you really like to be around someone who just tosses you to the side yeah. just because they're not attracted to you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I try to be as patient as possible. I try to extend that humanity. I try to extend that love, that emotional intelligence, because I wouldn't want somebody to just toss me to the side just because they don't find me attractive, you know? Because how else are you going to deal with that community that you want so bad, right? If you don't give people a chance. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you have to allow people to be themselves. You have to allow them to show what is truly in, 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 their, in their being. However... They don't know what's in their being. They don't know how to show what's in mm-hmm. their being. So then you're just waiting for it for them to show who they are and to connect to who they are. But they don't know who they are. And then you're connecting to a shallow, empty shell. And I do want to blame our parents to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of our parents they, they didn't teach us love. 
Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, some of our parents are the reasons why we hate ourselves, you know, Mm -hmm. constantly berating us, telling us that we're not good enough, you you know, things like that. A lot of us have social anxieties because of our parents. A lot of us have low self-esteem, extremely low self-esteem because of our parents, depression, anxiety, and so on and so forth. So because from cradle, we don't have that confidence in being, we grow up and also being in a closet and, you know, not being able to express who you are as confident as possible. By the time you move to college, that's when you start, you know, try to explore something that a straight person would typically do like at 12, 13, 14 years old. So you're kind of like behind. This is why you see like a a 30 something year old gay man who is acting so juvenile, you know, like you mentioned before, the high school behavior. Yeah. It is so sad. You know what I mean? And and I, I blame a lot of our parents for that but again the thing that i'm saying is that we don't have to continue doing that we don't have to you know there was a time in my life that i perpetrated a lot of those negative low vibrational things that my parents and our culture put in my head and i was like enough is enough i'm gonna have to do something different because i don't like the result that i'm getting when i keep going back to this nonsense so i'm doing something different you know starting with therapy being pragmatic about the situation of being an american living in america as an american legal american citizen Who's going to check you? There's power in that. So I started, you know, educating myself, going to school, being intentional, going to therapy, reading. This is why I read a lot. I'm not really a natural reader per se. I force myself to read because I'm hungry for knowledge. Who is going to educate me if I don't? Yeah. I don't have anyone. You know, I don't have my mother or my father who is there holding my hands and teaching me and things like that. I am taking the initiative to do something different because the alternative is this malarkey. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why yeah. I'm putting myself, aligning myself. This is why I'm doing this particular podcast. If you see yourself, if you're if you're black, if you're LGBTQ, if you're Nigerian American, and, and you live in a diaspora, and you have that discomfort inside your soul. You know, you don't feel enough. You don't feel like you you don't feel complete in your friend groups. You don't feel complete in your family. You don't feel you know you you feel the need to constantly hide all the time. I am calling us to action. You can do something different. Because if you keep going back to that, you're causing that problem yourself and you're choosing to remain in that problem by yourself. Get therapy, get out, do something. And one of my favorite advice from from, uh, Michelle Obama in her book, Becoming, when she was talking to a a group of British, black British uh, schoolgirls in in, in England, is Mm -hmm. use school. Use school, use education to get out of whatever misery you're in. I know that our education system is a mess, but you can use school to educate yourself. You can go to school, educate yourself, not just go to college, but educate yourself. This is a wonderful time to be alive. We have computers at our fingertips. There's so many opportunities for therapy, so many opportunities for courses that can align you with the path of who you need to be. So many resources available, especially if you live here in the U.S., do something. Be the change that you crave so bad. Mm-hmm. Do something different. Even if it means going to therapy. Even if it means going to school. Utilize whatever opportunities that you have. Whatever privilege. Whatever your privilege can bring to you. Utilize it and be aggressive with it. Because the alternative is going back to your misery. Yeah, I mean, uh, for something to to help. I mean, to help in, in all this, uh, I would give the advice that it is better to better to feel better than to than to feel you know than to feel worse. I mean, it's such a simple advice, but like you have to 
wake up each day and each morning with who you are and who who looks at you in the mirror and you need to be okay with the person who's looking back i feel like a lot of people just aren't okay mm. or they just don't look at the mirror they just walk past it mm. um but the same even if you walk past it your reflection is still going to be the same in other people's eye it's still going to be the same in even if you don't look at the mirror the, the mirror is still going to be there mm-hmm. your reflection is still going to be what it is um but that's like one simple thing. And and try, and try to curb that emptiness with drugs, alcohol, or sex. Yeah. It, it, that, that is just a reactive solution. It is not a proactive solution because your emptiness is still going to be there. That that misery that you feel deep inside your soul, it ain't going nowhere until you press play. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a lot of people need to be more... Um, if, it, if they want to feel better, they need to be able to educate themselves on who they are as a person. Um, Take time to get to know yourself. Mm-hmm. Do different things. Go out, go hiking one day if you can. If you can't, uh, do something else. Read a book. See if you like reading something out. Watch a movie, maybe. Watch different genres. If you um, are like a, a movie buff, you can watch different genres. Mm-hmm. Go out biking, work out. You know, there, there, there is... There are things that you can do to know what you like to do so you can find a community in that uh, interest, you know. The key word is intentionally putting yourself out there, intentionally putting yourself out there. Yeah. So you can find like minds, you know, yeah. but you have to be you have to be vulnerable. You know, you can't you have to distance yourself from this false image of who you've always been or who society told you you need to be. Yes, you have to let go of society's image of what is right and what's wrong, what is cool and what's not cool. You know, it has to go go back to the the high school mindset. You know, I mean, sorry, mom. But, you know, (laughs) in high school, like, you know, I was drinking. I was partying. Not partying hard, but I was partying. I was drinking. I was doing what I had to do, you know. Yeah, of course. What, what you know what would the cool, ca- uh, cool cats do but even then you know you had to still be able to humble yourself you mm-hmm. still go to school the next day yeah you know you're still going to go back home you, I mean, you still need to figure out like what you want to do after school what you're going to do like you know in college what you're going to do then as an adult you mm-hmm. know these things are fun and they're a good escape they're not the you don't make your bed mm-hmm. on such a wavy, you know, wavy shifting sand. You, you have to have a foundation. Especially when you're older as well. Like some of those yeah. things are cool when you're in college, when you're young. Of course. But when you get older and real life, you know, hits you, it's time to mature, you know, it's time it's, to do something different. I mean, it, it sounds condescending, but it's, it's not because it's the truth. I mean, like, as you get older, you just have to grow up, mm-hmm. you know. Even if you, and we see those people who have their midlife crisis, the people who are older and do their thing, but even they know that in, in us young, and we see it now, if if we if, we're, if we can see and recognize that that's wrong, but we're heading to the same direction, we you have to be able to recognize that you're heading in that direction and that needs to change. Anyway, this this topic is one that is very lengthy. You know, it's like lengthy. if we start unpacking all of the things that ha- that is wrong with Africa, all the things that's wrong with the African diaspora, all the things wrong with the LGBTQ community, all the things wrong with the, the crossover of those communities. We're going to be here till uh, 10 mm-hmm. years from today because yeah. there's a lot. And as much as I am very vocal about the issues within these communities, we are the only people who can 
fix these problems. Mm-hmm. Like no one else is going to come in and no Jesus is coming to save us anytime yeah. soon. So we need to take initiative to start doing something different. We all deserve to be seen. We all deserve love. We all deserve to be heard. We all deserve to live life to our fullest potential, especially for those of us who live in the diaspora, you know, with the privilege of dual citizenship, you know, who's going to check you? Do you understand? Yeah. The yeah. only thing keeping you is you. And and if if someone is not going to love you or accept you or love you less just because they don't want to see you happy because they you know because they can't stand you being your most authentic self, you probably don't need that person. And the only thing keeping you from living your fullest potential is you. And and that's the point of today's episode. Start having honest conversations as to some of the things that a lot of us in the diaspora would deal with on a regular basis that a lot of people are very hush-hush about. And if this is something that you can relate, please share your thoughts down below. I do want to hear your story. I want to read about your journey. How have you been able to navigate the LGBTQ space as an African in diaspora. Uh, what are some of the suggestions that you are willing to bring to the table? Please let us know. Please don't forget to subscribe, hit that bell notification so anytime we upload a video, you'll be the very first to be notified. Please follow on social media Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok at LTAU with Uche. Instagram is UC underscore images. Thank you so much for your continued support. Until next time, bye bye.